What's up, everyone? Welcome back to episode 11 of the Antler Up podcast. I'm Jeremy Dinsmore, and Dimitri and I have Josh Kirshner, the dialed-in hunter on this week's show. Josh is from Arizona and is an avid backcountry backpack hunter and is also a writer where you can find a ton of his work uh, on his website as well as gohunt.com. And in this episode, we talk about hunting, his brand new book, Becoming a Backpack Hunter, A Beginner's Guide to Hunting the Backcountry, we also get into some tips and tricks for those looking to continue uh, to becoming the best backpack hunter that you can be. And before we get in this episode, I want to say thank you to all of you for the support with our podcast. And those of you that have recently purchased some of our hats that were made by Shea Butler Knives, if you haven't done so, check them out over on our website at antlerupoutdoors.com. And this was so much fun to record this episode with Josh because he's such a great guy. He's down to earth and he's easy to talk to. Um, and we get into some good stuff regarding the backpack hunting. And also before we get into it with Josh, Dimitri and I, uh, got Mike on the phone. We do a little catch up, some kind of like the what's going on in the world right now, uh, being all quarantined inside your, our houses. So how, how are you dealing with that as well as um, just kind of like what we're up to? We talk about bows, we talk about scouting. Um, so if you want to listen to that for a little bit, it's before we get into it with Josh. Um, but other than that, let's get right into thanking some of our partners. And the first one up that I want to thank is going to be America's Best Bowstrings. Not only um, are Dimitri, Mike, and I running them. Uh, they are just awesome performance. The technology is unmatched. Um, you know, so you're going to get everything that you want out of a bowstring. And to go along with it, there's a two-year warranty. Um, so unmatched quality and performance. If you want, go design your own. That's such a cool feature. And if if you don't see a color that you uh, are looking for, give Brian a call. America's best bowstring. He'll hook you up, and he'll he'll lead you to the right direction for sure. So check them out over at americasbestbowstrings.com. Next, I want to thank our partners over at Sever Broadheads. This is where things, you know, we rely so much, we practice so much in the heat of the moment. We could do everything in our power, but when you release that arrow, I know exactly where, where my arrow is going as long as I know I did the right thing because my Sever Broadhead is going to fly just phenomenal. They fly perfect. They cut massive and extremely durable. Um, they have three heads, the 2.1, the 1.5, and the one point, the AP 1.7. They also came out with a brand new target that I just recently got. I'm going to make a video, a review of that coming out sh soon. So check that out. Uh, so far, man, I'm blown away, impressed with, with the durability this thing I think is going to hold up. I love it so far. Um, and last but not least, I want to say... Um, while Dimitri and I went out today to scout around a little bit, the weather was absolutely beautiful. And during that trip, I was wearing our, the brand new First Light Ranger Snap shirt from their 2020 line. This shirt was versatile with performance that it has a four-way stretch, a 37.5 nylon uh, that drives super fast and keeps you cool while it's, the temperature's rising. So I'm looking forward to that as it gets a little bit warmer even here. But my favorite feature, other than it being freaking awesome, is the adjustable snap snap cuffs that allow it to be snug, but really comfortable to wear. So go check out the gear over at firstlight.com. And again, guys, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's show with Josh. Until next time, antler up. Yeah, hunkering down, right?
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm disobeying my wife's uh I guess her her orders of saying like self quarantine <laughs> and don't go near people because Dimitri's about yeah. like four feet away from me. <laughs> We're not obeying the the six feet rule. Yeah, that's all right. What have you been up to? I mean, I know what you've been um, up to, well, but you know, let everybody. Yeah, I know you have. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, just uh, you know, just trying to get the season uh, started a little early now. You know, being that uh, you know we're in this uh, containment type society right now. You know with the orders coming down from the governors and, you know, so, but there's no limit to, uh, to trying to get out in the woods and get some, uh, get some work in. And, uh, the other day I was up, uh, I was up at my dad's and, uh, you know, I said, you know what, while I'm here, let's hit the woods. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the main focus of the day was just to get some bow tuning in and, you know, start airing it out a little bit. Cause we haven't shot at distances, uh, in a while either. So I figured while we were there, Hey, you know, let's get some work in. And, uh, you know, we were in the woods for a good portion of the day and, you know, just, uh, you know, as I mentioned to you guys the other day, you know, we were just looking up potential spots uh, to uh, put some tree stands and, uh, you know, mount some cameras and, you know, found my first ever uh, shed the other day. It was, uh, looked like it came off an eight pointer, possibly a seven. Uh, I know the brow tine was kind of chipped off uh, at the bottom there, but uh, that was a pretty pretty nice surprise walking through the woods there you know finding my first one so uh yeah i mean uh just you know looking at uh some you know possible areas to hunt you know i know you guys got your western hunt coming up and you know i talked about you know uh possibly going and we're locked in now uh, my father and i are going to go hit uh, uh ohio get an ohio whitetail hunt in and yeah, obviously uh you know been doing some research on that and yeah, just just trying to keep busy, you know. It's uh, you know, it's a year long uh, you know, season for for guys like us, right? I mean, there's always something we could be doing, you know, uh, archery or hunting related. Yeah, I know. I I think this uh, quarantine is actually really benefiting me this year with my hunting and scouting. Actually, getting out, I I can't stand being in the house too long, so been hitting the woods yeah, a lot I'm more sure. than I usually do. Uh, Jeremy and I hit a spot where. Uh, an area where we normally hunt, but we wanted to dive a little bit further back into the woods. So we, we hit it pretty hard and, and saw some areas on the map we wanted to, to look at. So we uh, went back and, and found some good sign and, and a lot of rubs and, and um, some trails. And then I went back actually yesterday and I wanted to go a little bit further and, and wrap it around actually the total ridge and, and found my first shed of the year and, and first one I ever found. And it was a pretty nice four pointer on one side, similar to yours, probably a nice eight or, or so. Um, yeah, sure. Right on the trail awesome. and marked a lot of spots, potential spots for last year. But the, the trouble we're running into this year is, is trying to get away from people. I mean, we went back, this was probably what almost – couple weeks ago a month ago when, yeah. where i shot my buck and we were real excited about it and wanted to dive further in and, and really find out the lay of the land and it seemed every time we dove further back and oh man this would be a really good spot tree stand we went a little bit further oh this would be a good you know no one's walking back this far tree stand so uh that's the big oh, issue man. yep Pennsylvania public land that's a real issue that we're, we're finding out yeah and, I'm sure and close to where I found that shed I mean it's a good mile well probably about half mile to three quarter mile walk back from from my house 
Um, so, I mean, it's a good hike back there. And when we came up upon close to where I found that shed, there was a trail that people are taking side-by-sides probably within 100 yards of where I found the shed so they can uh, easily access yeah. the backside of that ridge. Sure. So another issue, and then today we went uh, pretty far. Another spot I found on the map close to where we hunted and dove a little further back, and, you know, we got to the furthest point we wanted to, and, again, there's a tree stand and three trail cameras right back to where we wanted to scout out. So all the areas we're we're finding is some decent sign, but we're finding people have found those spots as well already. The good positive thing about it is we're finding things now. So when time comes, you know, for, for fall and seasons open, we don't really have to spend our time diving in into the, that area. So that's like our, that's the positive to take away from it. So yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah what I've been out. Yeah. And so another thing too, like when we think about it for, for Dimitri and I for here is what I love is I'll get a text message from him or in our group message. And he's like, Hey, look at this spot, you know, and I, I found a couple more spots. Let's go check this out. And that's the the beauty of right now of being this whole lockdown is, you know, we could still get outside. And like Dimitri said, and man, I, I, I hit a point where I started tearing up my basement floor. I put it in a new floor just to keep myself <laughs> yeah. busy a little bit. Sure. And, and, you know, and then it's okay. Hey, time to get outside and let's go, you know, let's go scout a little bit, try to find some sheds. I guess I'm the only one here that's uh shedless right now. So it's kind of, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta pick that up, man, but no, it's, it's been fun. And so now, I mean, we have some other areas. I mean, there's tons of areas that we still want to go look at and, and scout a little bit. But I mean, other than that, like you were saying about shooting your bow, I mean, we, Dimitri got his uh, site kind of all set up now and we'll be kind of starting getting ready for tack. Hopefully knock yeah, on that, that that's still going to be happening. Hope so too. Yeah. I mean, we're, uh, I mean, we're all, I know we're all pretty stoked about that. Uh, you know, I haven't heard anything, you know, yet, you know, you'd like to think hopefully this will slow down or, at some point show signs, you know, that it's going to end, you know, where we we're not in jeopardy, uh, of having that, uh, you know, being, uh, canceled yeah. or, 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 you know, cut out from under us basically. Yeah. Right now. But man, I'd tell you what, I'm, I know we had the, uh, my bow build video up and that, yeah, that was fantastic by the uh, way. Good, thanks, good dude. job on that. Thanks. Yeah, you guys did, did really good on that. And then, uh, you know, right, right after I watched that, I, I told you, I said, I went on, you know, went on ABB and ordered my strings for the, for the realm. Now I got to order my strings for the backup bow. And, yeah. you know, I'm, uh, the goal is to try and get those, you know, all rigged up and, you know, uh, tune those a little bit, you know, before we head out to pack and, and, uh, you know, get those dialed in and, uh, you know, just keep shooting. I mean, that's what I'm trying to do. Even if it's, you know, five hours, of, you know, five arrows a day or 10 arrows or 20, you know, I mean, my father and I shot the other day for a good two hours, you know, just on and off, you know, and, you know, today I just shot for 15 minutes, you know, I mean, it's, it's, all, uh, you need, man. it's all you need. It's all you need some days, right? Yeah. So. Keep talking a little bit about our, our, our bows. The one key thing, I'm the, the parts that go on my bow. So the black gold pro single pin site, I've been, I just love the, 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 the housing on that. I've been shooting a little bit about past 50 yards and that housing just for me has just been awesome. The clear, clear side in there. And then I will say the, uh, stokerized um stabilizer has been awesome because i i shoot with my uh quiver on so i'm using the new m1 um ss1 so it kind of it's just that one bar piece it's 14 and a half inches but it comes off on the side so it has that rear 
weight distribution on that. And for me, oh, yeah, that's good. yeah, man, the balance on that has just been phenomenal for me. I'd, I'd love it. The feels great. It's quiet. The strings are amazing on that. I just, it, you can, the one thing too, that like Dimitri, you could even talk about is with your new strings put on. I mean, we were shooting dialing and that dialing yours in and you were like, man, what a difference. It's even quieter for you. Oh yeah. I mean, it was uh, shocking when we were trying to get that sight in, we started at 20 yards, but I mean, I was taking one to three shots at from 20 back to 60 just to get that dialed in. I mean, how accurate those strings are and not even the talk of how dynamite they look. I mean, those are awesome. Thanks. Thanks to Brian. I mean, he hooked me up and I told him I wanted to get as close to subalpine as I wanted to match my bow and, those strings just pop on that bow and it's just am- amazing but and and there's no peep twist in those strings at all right i mean it's just i mean they're, they're pretty pretty solid i mean when it comes to like you know how they you know when the when the string returns to its rest you know there's there's really nothing that you notice yeah i know on my factory strings i last year i had a lot of trouble of peep twisting and I'm, i was always adjusting sure. that peep before i drew it even when i was just practicing so that always worried me but i mean when we were dialing that bow in i mean i didn't have one issue of it rotating at all and i mean you could perfect sight right down right down the sight to the target and it was a big difference and we we sighted in that spot hog uh together and we got that done in what like 40 minutes not yeah, even, not even. so yeah, yeah i'm ex- I'm, <laughs> I'm excited for him i mean uh, for his first tack. And I know last year was, you know, obviously my first time getting out there and you've been doing it a couple of years with your dad and stuff, Mike. But for me, yeah, uh, yeah. for me, it's vital to have that adjustability of the slider. I mean, especially if you want to have fun and hit some of those different courses where you're, you're dropping, you know, bombs out there. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was funny cause my father and I, when we were shooting at the house, uh, he marks on the driveway, we can air it out pretty good to about 70 yards uh, to where we have the target set up. And he marked it out on the driveway. And it's funny, you know, when I got there, he had different spots marked out. And it wasn't your, your, your typical 20, 30, 40, you know, 60 and so on. He had it marked out at 25, you know, 37, uh, 43, you know, just little random spots. Because we found, uh, you know, with our experience being at TAC for three, four years now, that a lot of the targets that we're shooting at are a lot of in-between shots. So, you know, in some instances, you know, it might not be, you know, 45, it might not be 40. So you want to try to kind of learn how to, especially with a single pin, you know, just to see where it aligns up. So that's what we were working on the other day um, in, in, you know, in terms of just sighting in, just getting prepped for, you know, for tack, you know, and it it, it was actually really helpful um, because he was right. You know, I mean, a lot of the targets that we did find, you know, no matter what the course you're on, you know, the average yardage is probably between 40 and 60. Um, and, you know, they're just at various, you know, um, you know, uh, yardages. Um, but um, yeah, it was, it was very helpful to, to, to work on that kind of stuff. Yeah. And this year is going to be my first year with the uh, thumb released. I was always growing oh, you up. Go, yeah, you go. <laughs> yeah. So I always, you know, used the, the strap release and going to the thumb release to the Cobra harvester this year, but that, that uh releases dynamite so pretty excited about that and and get a little bit more comfortable with that so 
new stuff coming this year. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. One, one thing too, I mean, we're going to get into this podcast shortly with, with Josh from the dialed in hunter, but I mean, he just came out with a new book called becoming a backpack hunter and I gave it a read. Um, I read that, uh, within three days. It, it's very well written. Uh, but you know, right now, like how we're Dimitri and I were talking on our scouting trip today about our packs getting ready for our Western trip. And I'll be running the Exo mountain gear, uh, K3 4,800. I didn't get the bag yet. I already have the frame cause I have the 1800 day bag, but I'll be getting the 4,800 and Demetrius is kind of still looking at picking out his bag, but I know Mike, you just got a new bag as well, right? Yeah. I went with the, uh, the Airbus stock, uh, little brother, uh, the G one little brother pack. Um, and it, it ha- it comes with, um, uh, 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 almost like an endo frame that you can put on the insert uh, to kind of make it a little bit more rigid. Um, it's, you know, it, it's, I needed something a little bit more uh, than just a day pack. And when I, when I called the, the customer service, um, cause you know, I was, you know, you know, the drama I was having with either <laughs> right. between going with that one or the mystery ranch and just finding the right one. And, you know, I, I finally got to see the mystery ranch, you know, in person. And, you know, I, I think it would have, fulfilled my needs it you know it just wasn't for me it just wasn't comfortable on my back and you know i don't know if maybe it's because i have a shorter torso or or whatever the case and you know so i I decided to go with something actually a little bit longer uh than um than what the treehouse the mystery ranch treehouse was and so I, i i called them up and i said hey you know this is what i'm looking for and you know i'm looking to not only use it as like you know a scout like height type um backpack or even just on 3d shoes but you know for for long term you know for a couple days at a time and and you know i said the the issue i'm having is is, you know i want to be able to carry my bow and i also want to either a if i'm not carrying the bow carry possibly the tree stand so he had mentioned uh you know they have you know different types of straps that you can interact with the with the pack uh and i said okay I'll, i'll give that a go and i ordered the straps that he suggested and you know, I, I rigged up the pack just to see how it would feel, walked around the house. You know, my wife was looking at me like I had three heads. Uh, but I was walking around with a, with a pack and a bow attached to it around the house just to see how it fit. And, and it was, I mean, it, it fit perfect. And it was very comfortable. And, you know, I'm actually pretty excited to use it. So I'm, I was hoping to debut it at PAX. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed there. And, and um, yeah, it, I'm glad I made that, that choice. It was, it was not that there was anything wrong with you know, the, the mystery ranch one, but, um, you know, this, this one just worked out better for me uh, in terms of comfort. And that's what, that's what, what it's all about too. I mean, we'll get into that with Josh here shortly, but you'll hear from his experience and we talk about it is the, the more practice you have with your pack and the feel of it and just getting the, you know, that it is part of you, basically the better off you're going to be. Like, even for me, I've been taking that K3 frame pack with, with me, even if there's, I put some things in it just to one, get a little bit of a workout, but then two, just to get comfortable getting used to that, to make sure I have it set up at the, at the correct spots that I need to have the shoulder straps and everything like that, just because it is. And Josh talks about that. It's, it's very important because if you're on, you know, unstable while you're walking, you know, you could trip, fall, whatever. And if, you know, that's a, your pack plays a, a part in that as well as your fitness. So that's something for me, like you, I wanted something to be a little bit ver- more versatile than just a pack. So right, like right. For, for me, I've been running it and just doing a couple setups and trying to make some videos with that tether phantom saddle. 
I mean, I'm, I'm able to get my sticks on the predator platform and I'm laying it right on the back, strapping it down. And I, I don't even know it's on there. Like one, because obviously the, the system itself is just so lightweight, but then on top of it, just the way the pack sits on the hips and everything like that. I mean, it's just, it's, it's been so far, like just running from, you know, the truck to finding the spot where I'm going to just go climb up in a tree to practice it. It's just been awesome. And I've, I've no doubt about it that as the hunting season comes in PA, it's going to be dynamite for me. And I'm excited for that. Yeah, that's important. You, know, you want you want to make sure you know if you're if you are hitting the backwoods and you know, especially as whitetail hunters, you know, with the you know the thick timber and you know the the uneven ground that you're walking in, and you know you, you want to make sure that you have something on your back that you know it, it's not restricting you and and it's not causing you know underlying issues like on your back or you know your shoulders or even you know even your knees, you know and. You know, I, I thought it was very important, and, and you know that's why I, you know, was uh, chomping at the bit for so long. Just wanted to make sure I made the right choice. You know, for me, you know, I didn't want to have to, you know, buy something, send it back, buy something, send it back. So right, I, I really right. did an extensive amount of research, and you know, I was picking both your brains, and you know, I know you guys were laughing at my text messages as the drama continued, but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's, that that's finally over. So uh, awesome, you man. know, and you know, it was the right choice for me for sure. Cool, man. I like it. And yeah. I just got to get Dimitri to find his pack and get him ready for <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you're going to be, like you said, shooting, staying busy, checking some trail cameras and setting out. We're just going to continue to shoot and scout and drive my wife crazy watching YouTube videos <laughs> yeah. of hunting all, all day long that I'm stuck in the <laughs> yeah, house. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, same, same. Yeah, pretty sure. much. Oh man. It's just been, I'm excited to get some, uh, finish up my basement because hopefully then uh, Justin will be giving me a phone call within a couple of weeks with my mount. Just, uh, I want to get everything uh, you situated, gotta, you know, make sure you get that wall done first. Yep. <laughs> so yep. You want to make sure that's the nicest looking wall you have in the basement. <laughs> exactly. No. Yeah. So, yeah well, you, met, you mentioned basement work and my wife is sending me like Pinterest snapshots of how to, how she thinks I should be doing the laundry room now. So <laughs> hopefully the quarantine ends quickly. So. Yeah. <laughs> So she's like, Hey, this would look good downstairs. <laughs> I know. Well, so. But knowing me, like I've no, I've like zero patience when it comes to certain things. And like Heather, my wife is just like, Hey, take your time with that flooring and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, I got to get, the, I want to no, have it done I gotta by get Monday. This done now. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I have, yep, I have, absolutely. I have one row left to do on it. So I'm almost there. Oh, there you go. Yeah, awesome. Yep. Good stuff. All right, dude. Well, cool. hey, man. Thanks for uh, you know hooking up, and we'll get you on again here soon. And we'll uh, yeah, appreciate it, guys. It absolutely, to catch up, and you know, uh, glad to see that we're all keeping busy and staying safe. And uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll we'll do this again soon. I hope yeah. this is always fun talking to you guys. So yeah, absolutely, man. Well, good stuff, brother. And uh, like you said, stay 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 safe and uh, don't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> except the yeah. woods. Except the woods, dude. Except the woods. Yep, yeah, exactly. Awesome. Uh, all right, guys. Be All right, good. man. Yep, you guys too, and uh, talk to you soon, brother. All right. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Antler Up Podcast, and we're on episode 11 right now, and we have Josh, the dialed-in hunter, coming from Arizona. Josh, welcome, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Glad to be here. Dude, we're glad to have you on, and this is uh, an awesome time right now because you have a book out, 
Dimitri and I, we're getting geared up for planning our, our first ever Western style hunt out in Utah this year. So hopefully we'll be picking your brain and you'll be ready to uh, jump off the phone with us because you're going to be like, dude, they could just go and go. <laughs> so we're looking to have, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we're looking to have some fun here today, man. So thank you again for joining us. Absolutely. And I appreciate the opportunity. Awesome, man. Well, Josh, you know, so dialed in Hunter, uh, if those of you that don't know, well, we're going to have you, uh, kind of explain a little bit about yourself and where you're from. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, my name is Josh Kirshner. I live in, uh, Arizona, um, 34 years old, moved here when I was eight. And, uh, before that I lived in New York and those two things are completely different worlds if you haven't experienced both of those places. <laughs> I lived in uh, Queens, Queens, New York when I was a kid until I was eight years old and I moved to Arizona. And um, I remember just like kind of staring at these like hunting magazines that my dad had, these like Western hunting magazines and just kind of like salivating over this other world that I had no experience with. And then we, uh, we, we moved out to Arizona cause our family, my mom's family is out here. Okay. So I, I got to go on my first, uh, deer hunt, um, when I was nine, my dad drew a deer tag and I still remember like first deer I ever saw and stuff. And, and ever since then uh, we've just been, you know, addicted to, to the outdoor lifestyle and fishing and hunting and everything like that. And then kind of fast forward, um, Hunting for me when I was a kid was more like a, like your annual deer camp type of deal. Yep. And, and it didn't really extend past that. Like we didn't live in the country or anything like that. We lived in the city. So it was not like I could walk out my back door and go, go hunting. You know? <laughs> um, we all wish that. And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> um, but then when I got older, uh, mid twenties or so, I was like, you know what, man, I just, I, I just like really want to like, learn more about this and try to get better. And, um, so that's what I did. I, I started caring a little bit more about, uh, my health as well. Like what the food I was eating. So the whole game meat thing was uh, appealing to me. And, um, yeah, I just dove in head first. Went my first, um, season that I really went after it, it was a bear hunt. And, um, and I picked that, like, people are like, why do you, why, if you if you follow any of my stuff, I am just absolutely geeky about black bears. Yep, you got stuff um, going on right now. Some videos for preseason scouting, right? Yeah, we're I'm just scouting for an upcoming spring tag here in Arizona. So, but like uh, the reason I, you know, the bear hunting thing, I don't know, man. It just it just felt like like the most wild thing I could do. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like the only thing. The, the, the only thing, like, I don't want to sound like an adrenaline junkie or anything like that, but the only thing I ever hunted before that was deer. Right. Uh, and if I'm being honest, unsuccessfully, you know, for years. So I learned from a very young age, like, you know, that phrase, you know, hunting is more than a filled tag or whatever. Like that, that was all I knew when I was a kid. Um, so went on a bear hunt and we actually saw my first bear. And ever since that point, I was like, I, I just had this like relentless drive <laughs> to yeah. like fill my first bear to fill my first bear tag. And then once I did fill my first bear tag, it was, I, I was just like, this is this. I just need this more in my life. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, and, and it I just turned into a junkie after that. <laughs> That's awesome. So like, could you, so, like when you talk about like, you know, then you got hooked, 
what uh, was your next state of, you know, you, did you end up saying like, okay, I want to conquer Arizona, but then after that, I want to go to Colorado. Like what was your next kind of big adventure after that? Yeah, I, you know what, man, I had really no intentions of going out of state. It was, I felt like Arizona was so big to me, like, because, and I think it was just because of my, um, my adolescence mentally as a, as a hunter, right? Like I, I felt like oh, there's no reason for me to go out of state. I need to be successful here first. Right. You know what I mean? And like figure it, figure out my home turf, if you will. Yeah. Um, but then as the years went on, like Arizona, what drove me out of state was elk. Cause in Arizona, uh, we are both, we are blessed to live in the elk country that we had, that we, that we do. Um, there are some absolutely world class bulls here just draw dropping elk. And, but it, you know, that, with that comes really hard to draw tags. Yeah. So, throughout my whole life when I really got going into hunting, right? Like five, six years I'm going and, uh, I didn't never drew an elk tag. And I was like, you know what, man, screw this. Like I can go to Colorado on an over the counter hunt and I'm just going to go do that. I don't care if it's a worse hunt. Like people were, people would say, Oh, you know, Colorado is really hard, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't care. I just want to go learn. Right. And that's what I did. And that's how I went on my first out of state hunt. And that actually was my first extended backpack hunt. Um, before that I had only done like three dayers and then that Colorado one was a 10 day hunt. So nice. You, you just, uh, kind of spoke to about every PA hunter <laughs> about chasing elk. I mean, it's like that for us. I'd, <laughs> I'll probably never draw a bull tag here, but I'll damn put in a tag every single year for it. But I mean, that's kind of like what Dimitri and I, I mean, honestly, that's kind of my mentality where it's like, man, I've been putting in for the last like nine years, eight years, it seems like. And, you know, I'm like, you know what, screw it. Like I'm, I want to do a little bit more adventure. I want to get out there. I want to put something on my pack and like head out West. And it, I, we got lucky because like I said, a buddy of mine, Tim, I grew up actually in the same town, never knew him, uh, just through social media. And we're like, dude, I took your cousin to prom. <laughs> like, it was just like this weird connection that we had. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we kind of hit it off and we had him out a couple of weeks ago. He brought some elk with him and we were like, all right, let's plan our trip. And then now we'll be going out to Utah in uh, August. Yeah. And I think that's the right attitude to have. I mean, you wanted to go to Colorado just for the experience. You weren't looking to be successful in that first hunt. And, and that's kind of the attitude that we're having with our first Western hunt is we just want to get out there and just experience it and enjoy the landscape. And, you know, if we are successful, then that's great. But I think that first hunt, we just want to kind of get our feet wet and just enjoy the process of getting out there. Oh, absolutely, man. And then, I mean, for you guys too, like someday, Hey, you, you might draw that elk tag where you are, you know what I mean? But what, what'll be cool though, how I always looked at this was, okay, I live in Arizona, you know, this trophy elk state. When I draw I want to like kind of like semi know what I'm doing. But then there's an elk way to 20 years on elk. Right. Whereas you just like go on these, these over the counter hunts that are offered throughout the West. And yeah, it might be a little tougher. You know what I mean? Whether it's from like super rough country or you're dealing with hunting pressure 
pressured elk, whatever it is, um, all of that aside, you can have an, an amazing hunt. Um, and there's, there's plenty of hunters that are successful on those hunts every single year. But with that, you're going to get the tools that you need to capitalize on those, those like hard to draw tags. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. Awesome, man. Well, one more thing before we start getting into, you know, I want to talk about your book. Um, you know, what, Mm -hmm. how could you talk about your 2019 season just real quick before we get into that? Oh yeah, sure. Um, 2019 was killer, man. Um, we did, so, um, Arizona's, uh, archery deer season, it opens in January. Um, and we get, we get the privilege of hunting mule deer and coos deer with our bows during the rut. It's a beautiful time of year. You know, the highs are like 60s, 70s, the lows are kind of in the thirties. Um, and the deer are running and it's, it's incredible. So, that's awesome. <laughs> um, that's how I started deer. Uh, I shot a coos deer at, I think it was at 60 yards, um, towards the end of the season. Um, so I was done for the year in Arizona as far as deer was concerned. Um, so for me, I look at that and I'm like, Oh, you know, now I can put more time in a bear. <laughs> yep, yep. So, um, so yeah, I went all through the spring, had a couple close calls. I had a bear at, um, one time I had bear at like eight yards, got to full draw and just had branches in the way. Um, and, uh, couldn't, didn't have a shot, you know, it's kind of how bow hunting goes sometimes. Another time I called in a bear later in, later in the year, a month or so later, I called in a bear to 40 yards. Um, and it was just one of those things where it's like, you know, you just got to take one more step, you know, that's that classic, you know, <laughs> was about to get the full draw. And then he winded me and took off. Um, and then I, I did go to Utah last year. Uh, right after that. So now, uh, time, time line wise, we're in August. Um, spring bear here runs through March, from March through July. Um, so we'll go out to Utah first high country mule deer hunt ever. Brother went out with me. We packed in uh, above tree line, camped at a high country lake. It was like, I mean, every single direction you look, it's like a painting up there. Just unbelievable That's looking. Awesome. Um, and then the big giant, fuzzy rack mule deer are a plus as well. Um, <laughs> we saw more, I saw more bucks on that hunt than I've, I mean, we saw over 50 bucks in the first like day and a half Holy that we cow. were there. Um, and some really, really big bucks. And uh, long story short, I ended up missing six times at the same deer. Um, turned out, I, I mean, I brought my bow back from Utah to get it looked at. Turned out I just beat the living heck out of it and a bunch of stuff was out of whack. Like <laughs> I ripped the fibers out of my sight. Like my rest was off. My third access was off, Damn. which just makes sense because I was shooting. Th- those those high country hunters, you, a lot of times you're shooting like steep angles and stuff. And, yeah. But anyways, um, you know, that, that's, that comes with the territory. After that, I came back home for like a week and I ended up shooting a bear um, in late August, um, with my rifle. Um, and that was because I packed out a bear the night before that and had my bow on my backpack and it was getting knocked around and I was having flashbacks to Utah and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to take the rifle out this morning <laughs> and I'll shoot, I'll shoot, I'll shoot the bow when I get back to camp, you yep, know? Yep. 
And, and then, um, yeah, right after that, I was home for like a couple of days and I went to Colorado, uh, for another high country mule deer hunt and, um, shot a buck on the sixth day. Uh, that was an incredible hailstorm, um, at 12,000 feet. Wow. And we packed a buck. Yeah. Unbelievable man. Packed a buck back to camp and, uh, packed up camp and had, had a really heavy pack via headlamp and uh drove home so that was that was my early season and then um came back home brother and dad had deer season shot a couple really nice bucks at the end of october uh they did and then november my dad drew a late uh we shot a nice five point bull on that hunt and that yeah that kind of lines out 2019 for me man yeah (laughs) sorry for running out there yeah dude that's yeah. that's phenomenal the congratulations to you and your your brother and your dad that's that's just a, a year to remember yeah thanks man yeah it was it was pretty cool and the, the deer my brother shot that was his first deer actually ever and my dad that was his first bull wow. so it was pretty cool that's 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 freaking yeah. awesome well go you could go you guys yeah. man that's awesome well um yeah hopefully, <laughs> hopefully this year will be the same hopefully yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you, one could hope man well you know i just want to say you know you just recently this past week came out with a book called becoming a backpack hunter a beginner's guide to hunt to hunting the backcountry um you know I'd, i've been seeing a lot of people post about it on social media i gret i got it i read it from you know front to, to back already um you know so do you want to tell us a little bit about your book and how you got the idea to write it yeah um so not a lot of people know this but originally that was supposed to be an online course okay um and and the more that i just the more that i went down the path of creating it my and my so my plan was you know i'm a writer so i'm going to knock out all the writing first and then i'll go back and do all the videos um the more the, the more I went down that path, the more I was like, this just kind of more feels like a book to me, you know? So right. um, it, it took me about a year and a half to put together. And the reason, you know, if I want to back up, the reason I even thought about putting it together was because when I started backpack hunting, um, the resources were limited, like as far as like learning how to do this goes you know like like there, like everything was out there but it wasn't like condensed right into like one form you know yep so as it like as of somebody that writes a lot like i get i throughout the years i get i would get a lot of questions about all just all revolving around backpacking from what you know food to tons of gear questions um and I was like, you know what? I just, I think I just want to really write all this down, you know, and kind of like try to like make this like centralized resource, especially for newbies coming into, coming into this because there is a learning curve. Right. There's a learning curve just with hunting, right? Like, like exactly. not even talking about backpack hunting. And, so, and then you get into this, you, you go to, you just backpack hunting to me, it just kind of like takes hunting to the next level. You know, now it's not just a hunt. Like you are signing up for an experience. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep, exactly. <laughs> like, 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 and it is. And and if I'm being honest, it is not for everyone. You know, like there's there's people, um, you know, that I've hunted with that uh, they try to backpack thing, and they it's not for them. It grips with um, things being harder and doing that on purpose. Does that make sense? Yep. Like. 
like I, I get made fun of this for sometimes, but like I, I've got some friends and I'm like, look, I would rather hike like, you know, five, six miles in somewhere and hunt three bears than hunt like right off the road and hunt 20. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. It just, there's a whole nother level. There's a whole nother me. And I've gotten, I'm not like an old man by any means, but the older I've gotten, uh, things have kind of turned it into more about the how rather than the what, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of how I got the idea for the book. And, uh, once I realized it was, um, this kind of feels like a book. I'm like, honestly, I was almost done writing it at that point. I'm like, I think I'm going to make this a book. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, uh, yeah. And then, and then I dove down that path, which was, which was, you know, a learning process in itself, trying to self publish a book. Right. Well, well, I mean, I'll even just jump in and intervene a little bit and say, you know, one, the book was extremely well written, but you know, you already put out well written content and very helpful content just on go hunt on your website. And, you know, if you, you know, write for say XO uh, or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, other, other people ask for, for some of your material, um, you know, I, what I really, you hit the nail on the head there. It's a more concise one single location. So like for me, like you said, I, I know, I, I know, but I don't know what I'm getting into. However, I feel yeah. even after reading your book, I felt comfortable talking to my buddy, Tim of where we're heading. But after reading your, your book, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm even more excited just because I, I feel like, awesome. you know what I mean? Like I, I have one, like I, I already have a lot of the gear. Now there's certain things, yes, that I don't have and that I need to purchase, but like, I feel very comfortable with where I'm at, especially when it comes to my clothing. Like I wear all first light stuff. So I feel like a lot of, mm-hmm. of, of the material and the, that side of gear thing is I'm good, but like just the way it flowed, um, you know, and, and the one thing that I love that you touch upon in it is like, remember your why, like why you're doing this and what you want to get out of mm-hmm. it. So that's like something for me, like we just said a little bit before, about your first kind of hunt out to Colorado, like Dimitri even said, and that for me, I want to, ex- I want to experience it. I want to get my ass kicked from the mountain. And like, yeah. and if I, and I'll, if, if one of us are, are blessed and lucky enough to put a, put a bull down, put a mule deer down, whatever it, it be, then that's just like extra, it, that, that'll be beyond my imagination, if that makes sense. So like, uh, yeah, you know, and yeah. that's, and that's where like, again, your book, could help out thousands of people and get people motivated and believe again, like, Hey, if you are leaning towards it and like you, I would like, I, how I like how you would write in the book, like, and if you're this far, hopefully that means like you're, you are like me and you want to do this. And if not, then at least, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, for, for some, you know, for some people that maybe it, it it's not for them, they'll kind of be like, you know what? Yeah, that was not, it, maybe it isn't for me, you know? So it gives that, uh, that yeah. reader, that opportunity to kind of, dive into whatever rabbit hole of yes or no, basically. Yeah, for sure, man. It's, um, it, you know, there's a whole different set of things that need to happen on backpack hunts, which, which makes it harder, you know, like you, you know, when you get back from a full day of hunting, you know, whether, you know, it doesn't matter elk, mule deer or whatever, and you're hiking all over this backcountry, and then you get back to camp or you, or you set camp where you are. Well, Sometimes now you got to go get water, you know what I mean? And then 
got to go do that. And that's a chore. Right. And then you got to come back and <clears throat> now you got to cook dinner and that's a chore. And then you can't hang your food up until after you're done cooking dinner. Now you got to go hang your food up. If, if you are going to hang your food, um, after you're done. So it, these are sometimes late nights. Um, and doing that on, on, during an extended period of time has a, a very well, um, a very potent way of wearing at somebody, right? You know, and, and more times than not, people do head back to the truck early, you know, like it, it just like, there is something inside of you. It's natural, yeah. you know, like when you're, you're facing, you know, um, a tough hunt and you, you know, you feel like, yeah, you don't even know what you're doing and stuff. And like, why, why am I even doing this? I question your sanity. <laughs> um, it, it, it is, it is, it is incredibly easy to say, um, eh, warm hotel bed sounds yeah. pretty nice <laughs> right now. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and I'll be, dude, dude, I've done it. You know what I mean? Like I've given in, you know, and then, but I tell you like every single time I've ever done that, I've regretted it. Right. And, and, uh, you know, the, the longer you, you do this stuff, the more you won't do that, you know, cause you realize it's just not worth it. Just suck it up, dude. Like, you know, this, like, like when you're sitting there and it's adverse weather or you're having your, your, um, the hunting's tough. You, what you need to realize is this is what you signed up for. Right. Yep. Like you asked like all year long, you sat at home just like fantasizing about this experience. Well, what you're going through at the moment is a byproduct of the experience. Like it comes with it. Yeah. Right. So, um, I just say, soak, soak it all up and, and just embrace it. That's awesome. And, and that's very well said. And like, I kind of like, as I'm, as you're explaining that, like some questions are popping in my head and like one of them being that I, I hear you know, my wife, when, you know, she's talking about, like, if I talk to her about, about my hunt coming up and she's saying about, make sure you have everything with you and like that. And I, when I was reading that and you're saying about one of the big things is like packing your fears and I'm like going through certain scenarios, you know, and that's something where for myself, I'm like, I've felt more, again, more calm after reading your, your, that book, just because I'm like, I like the scenario where you threw out about you you break down scenarios in your head. Like if I don't bring this piece of equipment, what, how am I going to handle a situation then like that? Um, so right. I found that extremely, extremely helpful. Um, so that, I mean, again, I, it, I know we're going to get into it and just say, Hey, t like kind of promote that book in a sense. But man, like for me as a first timer, you, you couldn't have written a better book for that beginner backpack hunter. So, um, I, I hope I, people, yeah, I appreciate I, it, man. Yeah. I, I really do hope people pick that up. And you know, if you are on the fence or first time, this is a must read, um, for that. Now, what, what challenges, uh, do you see? I mean, I know you talk about it in your book, but like, what could you give an example of some of those first time challenges for someone going out there for their first backpack hunt? Yeah. What? So for me, this, speaking from personal experience, when I first started doing this, um, you're, you're flipping the script a bit, right? Like if you, if you're used to, uh, you know, truck camping, you know, like with a base camp and stuff, there's a way of doing that, right? Like there's a, there's a way that you do that. You pull up and you, you know, you put, you put your tent out and stuff and blah, blah, blah. And you get a nice camp set up, put your chairs out, blah, blah, blah. 
with backpack hunting, you have to completely relearn all the process of doing so. Like, and, and even, um, just getting to where you're going, which, which is probably one of the most daunting parts about all this is where do you go? Um, there is, uh, out West, we are, we are incredibly blessed to have the amount of public land that we do. Um, with that though, comes a lot of confusion, (laughs) (laughs) especially if, if you're new to all this and it's like, there's so much land, you don't know where to go. Um, and to that, um, I say, you know, there's a lot of resources out there in terms of hiking. Uh, so if you go online, you can find like resources on trails and stuff like that and, and use these, you know, use them. There's there, like backpacking sites and forums and everything like that. And even like the forest service sites, they have these trails. <clears throat> I would start on trails. Okay. <clears throat> Just start paying attention. You know, it like if you draw a tag in a certain unit or whatever, um, pick out some trails that head into some cool backcountry and, just go and check them out, man. Like it, it's really about just going and, and getting your boots dirty. Um, you can, you can only do so much from your, from your house. Um, and you can get a lot done e-scouting and stuff like that. But the, the thing that really will get you going is, is just making the decision, no matter if it's out of state or in your town or whatever, making the decision to be like, okay, I'm going to start the process of this. And the first part of the process just finding a spot to go. Yeah. And right. Think- and, you, and, and, and sorry, I was going to say, if you, it, it, this doesn't have to be a backpack trip. If you're just going to go check out an area, I do this all the time. I'll go hike into an area, you know, whatever X amount of miles or whatever, just to go check it out. And then I'll just hike back out to my truck. But now I know where like, Oh, I'll mark a couple camp, like potential camp spots along that right along that way. Some glassing points, blah, blah, blah. Now you have this in your head and we as a species, I feel like are a lot more comfortable when we know where we're going. Um, and that kind of takes that equation out of it. Right. So that, that would be the, you know, the, for me, that was the biggest challenge was like just finding out where to go. Yeah, and I think that's a lot of the the hard part about, especially people on the East Coast, they're taking that eight, 18 to 20 some hour drive out there. They're not going to be able to do a lot of the scouting in the summertime where, where they would want to feel more comfortable right. out there. So if they're going to put the time and the effort and the money into going out West, I think the hardest thing about pulling the trigger to do it is once you get there, am I going to be in the right spot to mac- maximize my opportunity while I'm out there? Right. Yeah. And, and, and for fellas like yourself, you know, cause, cause I've been there too, where it's like, okay, I can't do like a scouting trip. Right. Um, that's a big commitment. But what I would say to that is when you're at home, you do do as much e-scouting as you can become like, I like to actually, I mean, the country is memorized in my head by the time I get there, like topographically. Like I, like I just, I stare at maps so much. I'm like, okay, I know this trail goes up this way and then it cuts to the right. And then there's like little side drains that comes in here and there's this sweet knob up there that I can glass from. Like, I just kind of like memorize all that in my head. But if you can't make it out, what I would do to alleviate a little bit of, a little bit of um, stress, if you want to call it that is, is put your gear to use when you're at home. 
like I like I'm sure that there are some areas that you guys can camp or something like that. Like when I started doing this, I, I didn't even know, I didn't know what it was like to sleep in a backpacking tent or anything like that. So what I did is I literally would like load my backpack up, put it in my truck. Like, just like I was going like on a backpack hunt. Right. I would just load my pack up with everything I need, go in my truck and then I go park somewhere and literally sleep next to the truck, but only with what I had in the backpack. So I knew the motions of how to use that stuff. And if you know the motions of how to use all that and you familiarize yourself with your gear, there's not going to be any questions about that when you get out there. You're not going to be like sitting there fumbling around. I can't remember how to put my tent up or anything like that, right? And that stress level when you're in the actual moment goes up tenfold, like say if there's a rainstorm. And you're like, I gotta get my shelter set up. You know what I mean? Yep. And, if, and if you don't know how to do that, um, you're just making things harder on yourself. So I would familiarize yourself with that process of like doing all that and like eating, you know, cooking freeze dried food and, you know, uh, working your stove and sleeping in a mummy bag if that's what you're doing. You're finding the right sleeping pad for you. Um, all of that can be done before you even hit the trail. Now, when you're looking at maps online, is there certain things that you're looking for? I know you talked a little bit about uh, trailheads and some trails, but is there mm-hmm. terrain features or something that's kind of sticking out to you when you're looking at those maps of uh, territory you're not familiar with? Um, it, that is a question that will be, the answer to that will be a reflection, in my opinion, on the species you're hunting. Because like, like mule deer, for instance, like if I was going to go like a hike, like hunt mule deer above tree line, I would be trying to find glassing, like vantage points where I could look at big east faces. And the reason for that is the sun comes up in the east. So the east face is going to have the sun on it. And then the deer are going to be out feeding in that because that's where the food grows. Um, and then their bodies will pop in the sunlight, their red bodies. But if I'm elk hunting, I'm going to try to probably focus on that have benches in my opinion, travel corridors, you know, animals like walk on flat ground, right? Cause you need water. Um, B I try to look at, like, I like turning on the, um, I don't know if you guys use Onyx or not, but like, I like turning on the top of graphic feature so I can see the contour lines. Yep. And then I, that'll help me pick out flat spots where I could potentially camp. So I'll mark areas like that in, con- like in relation to where water is as well. And then, uh, so once I get that, then I'll start just kind of like going around that and expanding and trying to find like, oh, there's those north faces that I was looking for for elk, or here's this glassing spot over here where I can glass for mule deer, blah, blah, blah. And then if like I'm bear hunting, like, oh, there's this big drainage with water running down the middle of it that I can get in there and predator call or whatever. Um, so I kind of try to pick like a central campsite in relation to areas to hunt, like around that. Does that, does that all make sense? Yeah, perfect sense. That's, you know, awesome. I mean, great, great information too. I mean, that's even helpful for not only us as first time Western style hunters that are coming out there, but just like anybody. Um, now, like you were talking about, 
some of the, the, like you were saying about the gear and using your gear. And, um, I mean, that even relates back to us for whitetail. I mean, I know for, if you're running gunning or you're saddle hunting, like you're not just, if it's like first time in a saddle, you don't want the first time you go up in the saddle to be the first day of hunting season. So I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I love that it like, you know, it's, it's just, uh, it's the same principle just to a different scenario, you know? And I, I, and for me, what I like about that is if I could kind of incorporate that with my family, you know, and I love that like today, you know, even like today, just getting used to having that exo pack on my back is, you know, like whenever today to get outside for my daughter, she's, she's six. And, you know, we took a little walk around the one state park that's down the road from us and there's a big, um, lake. And so we just kind of did the lake loop and I threw that pack on just to, again, just to, to feel, put some weight in it just to, to walk around and get a little bit of an, a workout as well with it. But it's just to get familiar with the equipment that I'll be carrying out there. Oh, absolutely. And, and dude, I love that you said that, man. I love you include your family. Cause that, um, that was another reason like, that I got into backpack hunting because I realized I was like, huh, I was like, this is something I could do with my wife, not the hunting part, but I could backpack with my wife. Yeah. Right. And, and along that, that journey of like backpacking, I could like, cause I mean, let's be honest, like when you backpack, you're backpacking with a weapon like that that's yep. <laughs> like it's it, a lot of people will like mix that up like like and this relates to gear too like if you're if you're playing a backpack kind of like don't look at don't feel like you need to look at hunting specific gear for this okay like i pay attention to like backpacking websites you know buy backpacking gear because that's what you're doing right um yeah and i mean of course like like you need like arrows and everything like that. You're not going to find that on a backpacking <laughs> site. But, but, but in terms of living in the backcountry, dude, these, you know, backpackers, they're the ones to learn from, you know what I mean? Like with gear and stuff like that, that's the places that I would focus on. Right. Um, but that's, that's awesome. I love that dude. getting out with your family and stuff. Touching yeah. out, you're killing two birds with one stone, man. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, I mean, it's, and it's also too, like if I could, I love like, like, I got in a brand new uh, severed target in yesterday and my daughter was like, Oh, let's, let's shoot our bows. So I let her get her bow out and I let her shoot at it. And she's like, video me. She's like, hi guys, this is Nora from antler up. She's like, I'm shooting. And I said, say the sever broad, you know, uh, the new HD target. She's like the several target. <laughs> just like, Hey man, that's all right. <laughs> um, but no, uh, no, and now, you know, you love gear. I love gear. Um, so I, I, I couldn't wait to get you on even just to talk a little bit about this. Um, you know, and after what, what was another helpful tip for, uh, those of you that want to get, get into this book is how you line like your specific gear, like you kind of talk about the importance of the gear, how to use it, why, you know, and all that stuff. But then at that very end of like that chapter, you break down what you specifically use, um, which is awesome. And so one thing that, you know, the, obviously we're talking about backpacks, um, you want to get into like what, what you've learned over the years, just like, even like you went from brand a or you don't even have to mention brand a but like say type of one backpack to what you're using now and now like what's awesome is you i know you're using xo i'm using an xo for this upcoming trip um i have the 1800 i will be purchasing the 4800 pack um 
for that hunt when I go in August. But, you know, do you want to just talk about the importance of having a good backpack? Yeah, dude, the backpack, man, that's, uh, can't backpack hunt without a backpack. That's a big part of it. Um, yeah. um, and you know, I did, it, it's hard to pull the trigger on this stuff. Okay. Like, like let's, let's, uh, call a duck a duck. Um, this stuff is expensive, Yep. you know, and, um, back, whether you're talking backpacks, um, ultralight sleeping bags, it's expensive. Um, and it's an investment. Absolutely. It's an investment in your adventure for sure. Um, but with backpacks, so I did the whole, I, I tried to skimp in the beginning, dude, like, and it was painful. Okay? <laughs> like, um, a good suspension system on a backpack is everything to me. Um, it needs to be able to carry weight well and distribute that weight well throughout, throughout the pack. Um, on top of that though, um, you actually need to know how to put the backpack on mm-hmm. properly. Um, which is something that I, all the time, all the time, every year, a ton of times I see, people and I, I won't name any names, but even like large famous hunters. Okay. That are wearing their backpacks wrong. Right. And I'm just like, I'm looking, I'm looking at that and I'm looking at that. And I'm like, dude, you're just like defeating the proof. That backpack is working against you right now. Like, <laughs> You know? Um, yeah. I mean, and basically, uh, so I, in the book, I'll, I'll just kind of give like a little, a little uh, preview into this uh, in the book. I, I give like what I believe is the five steps of putting on a backpack, you know, and it, they need to be done in that order, you know, and when done in that order, the backpack is going to work with you, not against you, you know, and you're going to have a much more enjoyable experience. Um, but besides the suspension system, which is, which is incredibly important, especially you, you know, you're trying to, we are trying to come out of this heavy, right guys? Yep. You know, so, yep. um, but is the size of pack that, that was something that perplexed me a bit when I just, when I first started out, okay. Was how, how big of a backpack do I get? Right. Cause in the beginning you're like, how, in, the, you, in the beginning you're just like how do I take everything I need with me in the first place you know you just like you think you're going to need like a like a U-Haul on the back of your, <laughs> on, on your back that's what you I know? thought about yeah. like that, um, that's exactly what I would picture myself thinking like six years ago like yeah. oh my gosh what did he you know is he bringing like the like you said a U-Haul back there or what yeah for sure man but so like a good rule of thumb that I like to throw out is a thousand cubic inches per day you're planning on being out um, and that number, uh, is flexible. Uh, this can, this is flexible with depending on how much of a minimalist somebody wants to be or not be, you know, if you want to bring the kitchen sink with you, you can absolutely do that. You know, you're going to need a bigger, a bigger, a bigger pack though. Um, but that's a good rule of rule of thumb, man. Like if you're going on a five day backpack hunt, you know, I'd say a, at least a 5,000 cubic inch pack and, uh, that'll get you, that'll get you going for sure. Right. So. That's awesome. And then, uh, you know, we talk about the next part, I guess, would be one thing that I am still, I, I have some, like I have a sleeping bag and I also have a, a, a tent. Um, but, you know, what are some things that 
somebody that's looking into this, like, so like, just pick me for an example, whitetail hunter, you know, I, I first time coming out there to, to be up in the mountains and kind of pack my way into things and sleep somewhere and, and outside of, uh, of, a, an effect, but what should I be looking into for, for a tent? Like I'm kind of, like I said, I ended up buying one from Slumberjack. I got a single person tent, something that's just, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, the price was there, um, you know, with some, oh, yeah. with some of the discounts that I have and everything like that with uh, some Leo adventure stuff. So like, I'm like, let me just, I'm going to test it out. And if it, if it works out great. And if it doesn't, you know, what, what are some things that people should be looking at in as far as a tent is concerned? Um, so, uh, tents are, or shelters, they are, um, goodness, there's a lot of range with these. Yeah, I know. Um, so if you're claustrophobic, okay, if you tend to be claustrophobic, I would stay away from things like bibby sacks, um, or I mean, there's even some one man, uh, advertised tents that you, you just might feel very cramped in. Um, so what I, how I like to look at it is a two man tent is absolutely perfect for one person, but like you'll have enough room to sleep. You got, you got some room on the, either side of you to put like, you know, your phone or, you know what I mean? Like you put your boots down here, blah, blah, blah. There's room to put your stuff in and you don't feel like the world is like caving in on you. Um, and there's also, Okay, so you you have dual what is it called dual wall uh, shelters, which have like a rain fly on them. Okay, um, this is this is totally uh, up to you. Right, you know what I mean. Like this yeah. this is this is personal preference. Like there's single wall shelters, there's double wall shelters. I personally like double walls a little bit better because they I, I believe they breathe better. You know, get as much condensation on single wall shelters. You'll get, you'll tend to get condensation and stuff like that. Right. Um, so if you're doing like a single wall shelter that's very small, you might wake up and you know have some drops, you know, on your sleeping bag or on your on your head. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but I mean, the most important thing about all this is it don't get too like wrapped up in like brands and stuff like that. If you're just starting out, like yeah. get what you can get so you can get out there. Um, that's the most important thing. Like, like you can rack up a bill real fast on a shelter. Right. And And, yeah, I mean, I remember, dude, I used to carry a seven pound tent with me. Um, (laughs) and I, and I loved that thing, dude. Like it's, I strapped it to the outside of my pack. The weight was awful, but when I got in there, man, there is, you know, as far as like livability, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Lots of livability. That's something to consider. That's kind of what I was talking about earlier. Like how much is livability important to you? Are you, are you looking to use a tent as a, as a kind of a hangout area a little bit during the day? Or are you like, no, I'm just sleeping in that and that's it. Right. Yeah. Right. And then the other thing, the other thing, the other thing, I'm sorry. No, no, uh, good. The, the other, the other thing to consider is the country that you're hunting in. Um, like if you're hunting in very steep country, flat spots can be hard to come by. So certain shelters are not going to do well in that country. You're in, in stuff like that. You're going to be like digging out a deer bed or something like that. You know what I mean? So like you need to like have like something narrow. Whereas, you know, I have some shelters, um, like the, that new, uh, Nemo 
first light recurve. Yeah. Um, that, that thing's rad, man. I, I really enjoy that shelter, but it has a large footprint. Right. So you're not going to be like taking that into like these like super, this super steep country where there's not a lot of flat spots. I would, instead of that, I would bring, uh, I have that, uh, the spike, the, spike, the Nemo yeah. first light spike. Yeah. That's like perfect for that. So, right. I, yeah, I, that's, that's kind of just the, yeah. the, the skinny on shelters. I'm, I'm picturing you with that seven pound tent, like, like an episode of cribs up on the, on the mountain, <laughs> <laughs> like doing a video of that. No, man, that's cool. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Now you've mentioned first light with that, with the tents and stuff like that. And uh, I've been wearing first light this past year and absolutely love all their gear. Um, you know, one more gear talk, like side of things, you know, we talk about, you know, for, for me, you know, obviously you could go with whatever brand or whatever, you know, keeps you going farther and longer out, out there for whatever state and whatever species you're hunting. Um, but you know, I know base layers are crucial and, um, and just like, if you are comfortable out in the field, you're going to be able to hunt your hunt in a more comfortable, uh, state of mind and physical ability, whatever you have it. Um, what are some of the key, uh, clothing gears that, that you like would tell somebody to like, make sure you're, you're good with X, make sure you're good with that type of ordeal. Yeah. So, uh, your clothing is going to be a reflection on the time of year you're hunting. Yep. Um, so if, if you're going, say you're going early season, you know, you're hunting archery elk or something like that. Um, base layers are uh, a key on during any time of year. Um, but I would say you, you want to make sure you have, I like one lightweight base layer, merino layer, a midweight merino layer, and then a insulation layer. Okay. Um, also during the early season, uh, a lot of times it's rain, it's monsoon season in the West. So rain gear is also very important. The, the huge plus about all this stuff is like the Merino, for instance, like when I first got into all this, I, I was like, Oh, I'm never going to, you know, spend that kind of money on, on clothing for hunting. I, I was wearing, you know, $25 camos or Cabela's and cotton, you know what I mean? Like, yep. I, was like <laughs> yep. um, I think we've all been there. Right. Exactly. Um, yes. But, but, but when you talk about backpack hunting, like you can't bring like a suitcase of clothing with you. I mean, you can, if you just like really want to suffer and you just want to like put yourself through misery. But, um, the clothing that you walk back there with is the clothing that you have. So in my opinion, it needs to be functional. And one of the, one of the most important functions in the backcountry is moisture mitigation. Um, so that's, this is where like the Merino stuff comes in handy that it, it just, it wicks moisture away from your skin. It dries fast. Um, reduces the odor. And yeah, yeah it reduces order order. It, it retains, I believe it's uh, 80% of its insulating properties when it's soaking wet. Um, this is important. You know what I mean? Because like if you're back there and you get wet, you know, that, that's the clothing that you have. You, you don't have that suitcase to go into. Oh, let me go get dry clothing. Um, and uh, so you mentioned the odor thing. Yeah. You, you, dude, you go on like an eight, nine day hunt. I mean, the funk gets real. <laughs> okay. But, but, but the clothing, dude, I've come back from these hunts and like throwing my shirt at my wife, you know, and, and get, give her the stink test, you know, like I stink, <laughs> but, but the shirt is nowhere near as bad as I am. That's awesome. You know what I mean? So, so, um, basically 
so so that's that's the skinny on base layers and then insulation you can kind of look at insulation as kind of like your mobile sleeping bag you know what i mean and these these are like a lot of them are made of down or like some type of um uh synthetic ultralight insulation um these pack down super small they're ultralight which is i mean just screams backpack hunting uh, this is what you want because the more room that you're taking up in your backpack, that means the less food you're going to be able to like put in there, which <laughs> yeah. means that the shorter your trip's going to be. Um, which, which, which is uh, it's kind of a side tangent to to mention is the the only thing that's going to change in your backcountry system uh, aside from um, time of year is your is your food. Like everything else is a constant. Like you need your shelter, you need your sleeping bag, your sleeping pad, your stove. That's all. That's all always going to be there. Right. The only thing that changes though is like, okay, how long am I going on this trip? Do I need five days of food or ten days of food? You know what I mean? That's yeah. a that's a ten pound difference in in food in, yeah. in general. You know what I mean? Yep. So uh, that's a lot of room to think of. So if you got this jacket that's taking up your whole freaking backpack, you're not going <laughs> to be able to do that. So. Um, that's a huge plus with these high quality uh, systems that are out. And then the rain gear, man. Um, you know what? A lot of times, a lot of times I end up not even using it, you know, but for me, like, um, call it paranoia. You know what I mean? I know, I know plenty of guys that just like, they look at the weather and they're like, Hey, I'm going to leave it at the truck, you know, but <laughs> things back there change very quickly okay (laughs) a storm could roll in out of nowhere and the city might still have a a weather forecast of just cloudy but up there in the hills it's like just booming right so i just like it's just kind of like a security thing you know what i mean i just kind of like i don't like the idea of all of my clothes getting soaking wet so I'm just going to have the rain gear with me and just carry the extra minimal weight for it. So now here's just like a personal question. How do you go about like, do you, I know EXO offers the, like that rain gear cover pack thing that like for, for the inside mm-hmm. of, of the pack, do you go, do you run that as well? Or do you just kind of go with what you have? Um, so before I used to, before I ran EXO pack, um, I would have a rain fly for the backpack. Okay. Um, but that XO is pretty darn waterproof. Okay. Like, I'm not going to say it's a hundred percent waterproof, but I will say that I've had that thing out in some pretty serious rain and I've never got stuff on the inside of my pack. I've never had issues with it getting wet. That's awesome. With that being said, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, with that being said though, um, they do have that kind of sleeve that goes into the main compartment of the backpack, which is pretty slick. Um, I, I, I don't run it myself. Um, but the guys that do, I mean, you can throw all your gear in that thing, like in your backpack. And then when you get to camp, if you hear a bull bugling or something like that, dude, you can just yank that, that, uh, stuff sack out of your pack, stow it underneath a tree your camp's all right there, nice and waterproof. Go chase that bull that's like, awesome. right away. Yeah, that's a that's actually pretty. You know I mean? Yeah, that's so. a good tip, man. Thank you for you know elaborating on that one. Um, yeah, sure, man. Awesome, dude. Well, I mean, you know what? What are some other things of you know that you want to maybe touch upon for what could you tell Dimitri and I? 
like, do not make this mistake. I guess you could kind of say like, obviously, you, did, you know, that could be any, any first time backpack hunter, but you know, even, you know, be even specific to us two over here. Like what, what could you say, dude, just don't make this mistake when you go out there. Um, I wouldn't say there's like mistakes, but I would say that there's some things that I would definitely do before you, before you leave. And one of them is we already talked about it. I would stress that you know how to use your gear. I would stress that you know what your gear is capable of. Okay. Like, um, I've, when I was first doing the, the, you know, getting this clothing and stuff like that, I would routinely, like I'd go outside and, Oh, it's 35 degrees. Let me go outside right now and see how this thing feels. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, like know what your gear can handle. Yeah. Uh, because when you go back there, that's what you got. Right. And you want to, you want to feel confident. Um, another thing is, is food. Uh, everyone's different on the food front, but I would, I've, I've seen people just be like, Oh yeah, they're just like hard headed. Oh, I'm just going to take like, you know, 30 cliff bars back there <laughs> or whatever. Well, you know what I mean? Like you do that for a couple of days, you, you are going to want to not only throw up every time you see a cliff bar, but you, you're not going to want to eat, right. which is, um, not only a bummer, but it's just dangerous. Um, this is, this hunting is hard. You're burning a lot of calories. You need to make sure you're eating. So spend time before season, uh, testing out foods. Um, one of the things that I would do, uh, to find out how much food I actually needed, but this is another um, common question is how much food do you bring? Um, this is going to, this is, this varies from person to person, but, uh, I would bring too much food on purpose. Okay. And like if I go like, uh, say you're going on like a, like a day hiking trip or whatever, which is, you know, similar, we'll say it's similar to backpack hunting. Right. Um, bring too much food with you and just eat what you think you need. Right. Like eat when you're hungry. And then when you get back, write all that down. I like what you ate and, and, and be like, okay, was I hungry after I ate all this? Was I, was I satisfied? And that'll kind of give you like a, like a kind of scope on how much food you actually need. Cause we're, cause we don't do that. Right. Like in right, our day to day right. lives, we're not, we're not like, I mean, well, some people do, but, um, we're, we don't know exactly how much food we need to be satisfied. Um, and the thought of being miles away from miles from the truck and, and miles even further from the nearest Burger King, um, you, you need to know what you need for food. Um, and then, man, on top of the food thing, I would just say, be realistic with your expectations. Yeah. Um, be honest with yourself. Uh, this stuff is, um, there's an element of fear to it. Um, which I think, you know, hunting is a very, uh, masculine thing, right? Like it's, it's like a manly thing to do. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go in the back country. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Um, and, and some people don't talk about this, uh, uh, the element of fear and, and it's very real, you know, like laying there, when you're laying there in the middle of nowhere and it's pitch black and you hear something walking around, your heart is going to beat. I promise you. (laughs) 
Okay, because your brain is going to play a lot of tricks on you. It could be a deer that's walking around, but your brain is telling you that's definitely a bear. You know, what I mean? <laughs> like, like yep. that's definitely a bear. He's going to come in here and just chew on me, right? Yep. Yep. Um, what I'm getting at is, is, is it's okay. Like it's normal, right? You know what I mean? Like, like I, I've had a lot of nights like that. Like, especially when you're hunting solo. Like, I've, I've, I've gone on backcountry bear hunt solo, and um, just last year, um, I was, was spring hunt and I was back there sleeping and around 12 o'clock, I heard this noise right next to my head and it sounded like, uh, I heard <sighs> a breath on my head Oh geez. at like 11 or 12 at night, you know? So I, I was just like, all right, you know, grab my, and I, I usually go into on backpack hunts. I have a pistol with me. Yep. Um, so I was sleeping with my vestibule open that night so I can get some airflow. So I was just sitting there, had my handgun, is like looking out the door, just waiting to see this big black thing walk by, right? Um, turned out it was a fox. <laughs> it was just like, he scared, I, my shelter scared him and he was, he was mad and he started squawking after that and he walked off. But I, before I knew it was a fox, it was like, okay, this, I'm on a bear hunt. This is 100% a bear. So, um, yeah, man, just like, like, like it's, it's okay, man. You know, if you go out there and you don't, you know, if you're not successful, that's okay too. You know, like, like, like be honest with yourself and what you said earlier about like finding your why, like, don't forget why you're out there. Cause I think that's something that gets taken for granted. You know what I mean? Like, and I yep. think social media is to blame for it. Right. Um, you know, people are seeing all these big bucks and bulls hitting the ground and, and, it, 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 it makes it look easy, you know, and, and they go out there and, and they just get their, get their tails handed to them. And maybe they don't even see an elk. I, I, quite a bit of people have spent 11 days in Colorado and not seen a single elk. Right. Right. You know, yep. but and it's so, so it's a very real thing. Yeah. So, so enjoy what I'm getting at, man, is enjoy the process. That's awesome. You know, yep. it, Backpack backpack hunting is much more than just hunting. It's it's a the it's like the ultimate freaking experience. Yep. No, so. and like and one thing too that I know you're big at like you mentioned already about like your fitness component. And that's something too for like Dimitri and I. I mean, Dimitri you played division one football and I had the opportunity to, you know, play baseball and uh I'm a phys ed teacher currently, so I'm always, you know, love the working out and love that process side of things as well. So that's something too, like how you were mention, mentioning about making sure your gear's good. And my thing is I like, I don't want to, I know I'm not going to be prepared, you know, like just flat out for that first time. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know that, but I want to at least be able to, if I need to say, I want to get up over that next Ridge or, you know, look over that yeah. next crest, I want to be able to physically know that I could do it. And so, um, you know, that's something where it, I, last year, last summer, I started doing like those mountain tough workouts just because I wanted something different for me. And I'm like, you know what, you know, it has something to do with hunting. Like maybe my interests will make me stick to this mm -hmm. workout, you know, regime. So that's something where, um, like regimen and that's, that's exactly what, so I've been kind of doing those workouts again, just to kind of get back into, you know, making sure that I'll be mentally and physically ready to, to start running up and down the mountain. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point, man. I totally forgot about that. Um, you, that needs to be talked about. Um, 
you do not know, like if you're coming from the East Coast or West or, or yep. Midwest or whatever, I promise, yeah, I promise you don't know what you're getting into. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, I don't want to scare anybody away from that, but like, dude, what you're doing, like those mountain tough workouts are killer, man. Yep. Um, but even, and like, you don't have to do, like, even if it's just, you know, you don't have to be like a marathon runner or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like if you want to do that, go ahead and get like more power to you. But, um, you do need to care, Yep. you know, because carrying, especially if you're hunting with camp on your back every day, like if you're, if you're hunting, you know, you're, you're, you're packing up camp every day. That means you're, you're walking around every single day with around, I mean, depending on, you know, your gear situation. I mean, it could be, you know, 40 pounds that you're walking around with every day or 50 right. pounds, whatever. Um, and you're doing this up and down this rough terrain. Uh, that's gonna, that, that's gonna have an effect on you for sure. So I would spend time hundred percent like hiking with a loaded pack. Um, you can go get, um, salt bags, um, from Home Depot. They sell them in like 40 pound bags. You can go get those, man, strap that on your EXO or whatever backpack you have and just go on a walk around the neighborhood or yep. go on the Stairmaster or something like that. Like spend time. I would stress to people, um, like strength is very important, especially in your core, but I would, I would, I would more stress your endurance. Right. Um, you, you need to, you need to be able to, to go when you don't want to go. Definitely get times when you don't want to go, especially when you're packing something out. You know what I mean? It's like. Yep. When that's something, you feel like your legs are jello. <laughs> yeah. And that's something too that like one of those, those workouts kind of uh, like allude to is in a sense like, you know, I used to try, I used to love doing like the power lifting stuff and getting like lifting as much weight as I possibly can just even for that one rep where like now I'm like, sure. dude, I would rather just like put, you know, get, get in a, uh, if I'm deadlifting, just, just throw some like 225 on and just see if I could rep that you know, thing like for 20 reps solid, you know, and just give myself and yeah, do some pull-ups, yeah. like just to do certain things like that, where I'm, I'm working on that strength, but it's also that endurance as well. And then, you know, I love doing the, like, okay, if I go do that, then I got to go run like a quarter of a mile or a half a mile. And like you mm -hmm. said, like my body's not built to be a marathon runner. <laughs> like I'm just, my body's not, yeah. not doing that. So like, I'm, I could, I could go run, for a decent amount of time, but like, I just, I would rather, like I said, just go bang out some weights, you know, for some, like find that happy medium of strength and endurance and then throw some, some sprints in or throw some, uh, you know, go run for a mile and then do some exercises and go run another mile, you know, like that type of work. Yeah, absolutely. It is a, um, there's a safety element to this too. Yep. You know, if, like if you don't have good stability, good core strength, um, you could get hurt. You know what I mean? Like, yep. like, especially hiking with a load, like a big load, you throw like an elk quarter on your back. That's, you know, that's like 80 pounds, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> plus yep. like your, plus like your camp and stuff. Um, you're going to be north of a hundred pretty fast. Yep. And, uh, if you don't have like those core strengths, I, I would, I would also stress on a gear side of things, man, like get, get trekking poles. Yeah. Um, I, you know, people, I poo pooed on them for a while, man. You know what I mean? Like thinking they're, they're wimpy or whatever, but like, like <laughs> they will save, they will save your knees and your legs. And, um, they've saved me lots of times from like, like literally just like falling. That's um, awesome. whether it's, 
Yeah, absolutely. Like, especially like crossing creeks and stuff. So yeah. that's no, that's good to know. And now, you know, so Josh, like, is there anything else re- regarding like that backpacking stuff that like we missed that you want to cover, man? No, man, I think, I think we pretty well covered it. I mean, yeah. if you, if there's anything else, that, that any more questions you have, you know, I'm, I'm all ears, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, that really touched upon everything. And like I said, I know everything that we talked about, you go super, super in depth in your book and it's phenomenal, you know, content. So those of you that are listening, you know, go check it out. Um, or before even we get off, we'll, we'll, we'll give you guys the details on that book and like where you could find some more content, but you know, now looking forward to like, we, you know, talked about early on, like right in the beginning of the podcast, you had a phenomenal 2019 season. What would, what are some of your goals or some of your plans for, for 2020? Obviously now like this coronavirus is throwing things in a, in a loophole for, for right now. And hopefully the, the fall will we'll be getting back on our feet for everything. But, um, what, what are some of your goals or some of your plans for 2020? Man, dude. Yeah. I'm, uh, so you mentioned earlier, like I've been out quite a bit past couple of weeks, um, scouting, I drew a spring archery, spring bear hunt here in Arizona. Um, that is like number one, priority for me right now as far as hunting goes <laughs> um really excited about that man um i drew this tag probably i think i drew it like four or five years ago um so it's really cool like getting to go back in all these areas that i haven't seen in a while and um you know you learn a lot in four to five years so there's there, there's that too like i was i, I was less of a bear hunter yep. back then you know like <laughs> now i know quite a bit more so um, kind of going into it with a fresh mind is really cool. But aside from the spring bear and, and the, the whole bear hunting thing, man, I, that takes up most of my year here in Arizona. I, I mean, you, cause you can hunt bears here nine months out of a year. That's awesome. Um, so yeah. So most of my year gets taken up. Like if I'm, I, I don't really go like, I just got, I'll scout a little bit for deer here and there, but most of the time, like I'm scouting for bears and then I happen to come across like a deer spot <laughs> like, while, while I'm doing that. And I'm just like, oh, I'll write that down for January. Yep. But, um, other than that though, uh, really, really looking forward to, I'm planning on going back to Colorado, uh, this, this uh, September coming okay. up here for high country, high country mule deer. Um, I, I, I got bit by that bug real bad last year. Um, I went on two high country mule deer hunts and they were, they were my first ones. And I was like, this is amazing, dude. Like, and I don't know if it's cause it's, it's more like up, up my alley. Cause like we do a lot of glassing here in Arizona. Right. So like high country mule deer is very glassing focused. Right. Um, but it's, it's all the awesome things. You know what I mean? It's all backcountry stuff. It's glassing, it's big velvet bucks, bow hunting. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's amazing. That's, Plus it's man, like, it's just like, it's, I wish it, I wish it was next month already. <laughs> I just, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm telling you what, dude, yeah, dude, the scenery is ridiculous. That's like, amazing. like it, you, you, I feel like you need to pinch yourself. Like when you're seeing some of this stuff, you know, like it just doesn't seem like it's real, but, um, yeah, aside from that, um, yeah, I'll get a bear tag in Colorado too. I'll do that for sure. Um, and then I actually drew a, uh, I, I did get lucky. I drew an elk tag here in Arizona. Oh, wow. Congratulations, um, dude. There you go. For all the, all the years. Yeah, that, thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> all the years. <laughs> no, yeah. That's it, awesome. It's, uh, sorry. Um, it's, um, it's a late archery hunt. So it's not, it's not during the rut or anything. 
which I, I, I did that on purpose. That's the tag I wanted. I actually have a, um, my daughter is due, um, in June. So I wanted to try to spread my hunts out a little more, yeah, you know, but, like yeah. after that. Hey, congratulations. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Congratulations to you guys. Thanks, man. Thank you. Um, so yeah, late archery bull, man. Freaking awesome. Can't wait. That's the first time. Um, this is going to be the first time my brother and I ever had an elk tag together. We, we've always, it's always been one, one, one or the other. Like he has a tag and I'm with him or I have a tag and he's with me. So this is going to be first time we're elk hunting together on the same hunt. So that's pretty, pretty awesome. excited about that, man. Good, good stuff, man. So yeah, so you got, a, you got a lot of stuff going on then for 2020 and then obviously your book, um, you know, that you have out now and, um, you know, do you have any other new material that you're working on? Obviously you don't have to like say what it is, but is there more things in the, in the works for you? Um, just, I mean, right now, man, I'm just uh, like the book literally just came out like a week ago. So I'm kind of like, like just really soaking up it actually being done. Yeah. <laughs> like I, a year and a half, you know what I mean? Like yep. it's, it's hard to, it's, it's kind of weird for me to be like, Oh, I don't have to work on that anymore. You know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, aside from that though, man, I'm just like, just really writing a ton of articles for, I write a ton of articles for go hunt, uh, write for bow hunting world magazine, bear hunting magazine. I'm just trying to keep that going, you know, and write as much as I possibly can. So that's awesome. Well, and you just got a new bow, so you, you got to work on your bow to get all doctored up and tuned up and get rolling. Oh yeah, you bet, man. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I love new bows. <laughs> <laughs> we all do, man. <laughs> No, that's awesome. I mean, I, I tell yeah. you what, I, uh, the new primes are, are great bows. Uh, my dad's getting a new, uh, black three. Um, he's pumped about that and, uh, he's, oh, cool. yeah, he's, he's still on the fence about if he wants to go fusion or if he wants to go cypher for, for, uh, for the riser, but he does, he definitely wants to go grizzly for the limbs. He just, you know, he loves that new grizzly nice. color. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty awesome how you can like customize it. Pretty cool. Yeah, no, they're, they're I, I will say their uh, finishes are top notch too. Like their, their finish on their bows are just phenomenal. Heck yeah, man. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Awesome stuff, dude. Well, you know, before we get off, Josh, you know, where can people find more about you and find your book and, uh, all that stuff? Yeah. So, um, I'm on all the social platforms. Like people can search, uh, dialed in hunter on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, they can also, I have a website and a blog that is still active. Um, that's dialed in hunter.com. And I just, uh, about a week ago, I put that, I put a blog post out on the book. Um, if they want to read a little bit more about the book, they can there and they can also purchase it on that blog post. But if people just want to go, check out the book right away. Um, it's up available in paperback form and in Kindle form on Amazon. Just search becoming a backpack hunter, or you can, I think you can just search my name, Josh Kirshner too. And it, then it pops up. So. Yeah, man. I, again, for those of you listening, I, I've read the book in like three days total. It, it's just, uh, it's a, it, <laughs> it, it's, it's an, it's a great, fun, easy read. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just something yeah. where it's, it's extremely well-written. It's very informative. Um, it made me more excited and it made me more at ease about doing this whole process, you know, cause it, cause it's a lot again, coming from the East coast and, and getting geared up yeah. and, uh, coming out and trekking up the mountains and everything. But, um, it's the unknown, but I will say everything that you say in it is extremely helpful 
please give it a, please guys, just go check it out. Um, you know, read it. it it's extremely helpful. I, I can't stress that enough. It's just, it's a, it's an awesome book. It's a great read. Um, one more book to add to the collection for those of you that, that read. And again, if nothing else, and if you're tired of just searching for article after article that probably you have even written <laughs> about, you know, go find it in one spot and it's the book, um, you know, the, Becoming a Backpack Hunter, a Beginner's Guide to Hunting the Backcountry. So, uh, Josh, man, thank you so much for coming on and uh, hope to uh, get you on again sometime soon, dude. Yeah, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it, Jeremy and Dimitri, man. Um, anytime you guys want to talk, I'm, I'm game. You guys sound like some solid fellas. Awesome, man. Well, thank you guys for, for listening. Until next time, Antler up. <laughs>